David sang the praises of the glories of Jehovah. Paul preached that all is lost, save knowing Christ. Little John said, he is precious by leaning on his bosom. So for a moment, may I humbly testify. Did I mention that I love him? How I worship and adore him when I can see no way he makes a way. And did I mention he's been faithful through every promise he ever made me? I love him, and that's all I want to say. How many sermons can be preached about this Jesus? How many songs can be sung about God's Son? And there are not enough words, enough notes in the music to tell the story of all my Savior has done. Did I mention that I love him, how I worship and adore him? When I can see no way, he makes a way. And did I mention he's been faithful to every promise he ever made me? I love him, and that's all I want to say. And did I mention he's been faithful to every promise he ever made me i love him and that's all i want to say amen we serve a great god today amen Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to 1 Samuel, chapter number 8, in the precious Word of God. It's a good book, amen? It's a precious book. I love the book, and I hope and pray that you get help from the book today. 1 Samuel, chapter number 8. For some of you Bible scholars, that is in the Old Testament. Amen. You have your place, say amen. Amen. If you don't, say oh me. As soon as you get your place, I ask you to stand for the reverence of the reading of God's word and prayer for the message today. As we look unto thus saith the word of God. I'm excited about Jesus. I praise him for his goodness, his mercy, and his grace. Let's look at verse number 1 of 1 Samuel chapter number 8. The Bible says, And it came to pass when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in the ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took tribes and perverted judgment. Sounds a lot like people of today turned aside after lucre. Money will make you do some strange stuff. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with having money. But the love of it will make you do some stuff. 
Verse number 4. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah. And said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, in Jesus' name we love you. God, we thank you for the wonderful songs of Zion. We thank you for meeting with us already. God, I pray that you'd undergird me with spirit and power from above. Lord, I want to preach your word in the fear of you today, not in the fear of any man or woman that may be present. But God, I pray for boldness. I pray for wisdom. And God, I pray that you'll illuminate my mind with the word of God and help me, dear God, to fill a breeze from another world where I may preach unto your people. And Lord, I'll surely be careful to thank you and give you the glory and the honor and the praise for all that you do for us this morning. On this Sabbath day, in Jesus' name, we humbly ask and pray. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. During this time that we're reading about here in the book of 1 Samuel, uh, chapter number 8, their government was set up as a theocracy. In other, other words, there was no formal government. There was no formal leader or president. Yes, they had judges uh, that would judge, uh, but they ruled uh, pretty much on a godly sense at this time. But even that was taking a turn. But my friend, let me ask you something. When God is your king why do you think you can do any better God was the government God Jehovah was the government that was ruling over Israel but the people of Israel cried out to Samuel and said we want an earthly king We don't want to serve under God anymore. We want an earthly king. An earthly king that will sit in the palace and call the shots. uh, uh, Someone that uh, we can have to be there to serve the people. My question to you today is this. When you've got Jehovah God serving as your king already, why would you want a man to rule over you? Why would you want some man to try to uh, put rule upon you when you're living under the king of kings uh, in the Lord of lords? I just don't understand it because I can see Samuel looking at the people and saying, who do you think parted the Red Sea? Who, Who fed you from manna from up in heaven? Who made the water come from the rock? Oh, that was Moses. Oh, listen, if it wasn't for God working through Moses, water never would have came from that rock. Who was the one that led you by cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and got you through the wilderness? Who was the one that freed you from Egyptian bondage? Who is the one? It is Jehovah God that done it. But yet they're saying, we don't want God now. We want someone to rule over us. Someone to call us shot. In other words, they were not content. They wanted, they said, Samuel, it's time for a change. Samuel doesn't respond well to this. He says, God, they have me. I've blessed them. But now they want someone else. But Samuel, God told Samuel, he said, Samuel, it's not that they don't want you. You studied the scripture. He says, it's not that they don't want you. They don't want me. They're saying, God, they don't want God. They don't want Jehovah God. And what I want to preach to you on this thought is this. When God is not enough. When God is not enough. If you have God, and you know God, and you bless people, and you save people, but there's many people that are sitting in churches today witnessing the goodness of our God and the goodness that He has to offer, yet they start looking for something else. And that's when God is not enough. You may be blessed from every portion that you can look upon. You can be looking around and see what you're blessed with materially. You can see what you're blessed with physically. But you all of that 
that begins to go into your mind and you begin to forget the God of heaven that brought you out of bondage and brought you out of Egypt and put you on a solid rock to stand. And you begin to forget about the God that died for you on an old rugged cross that resurrected on the third day. You forget about the journey that you've been on and you think that God's not enough. So you begin to move Him out of the way. The people of Israel said, Samuel, we want an earthly king. How many of you know how much better we'd been off if we just have a God as our king? We need to have Him. Why would you settle for anything else uh, as we serve the King of kings uh, and the Lord of lords today? Uh, Folks, when God is not enough, uh, number one, we forsake His ways. Look at verse number 7. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. In other words, they're saying, God, we don't want you in charge. God, we don't want your rule. We don't want your reign. We don't want your righteousness. But basically, what they can do in today, it's the same way as they've done in the days of Samuel. People are sitting in churches across the world today uh, saying that they don't need God. They need a Burger King religion. In other words, they want it their way. But my friend, they ain't but one way. And that's God's way this morning. Amen. I could sit here and name church after church, preacher after preacher, uh, telling you about some people that wanted a Burger King religion. In other words, they ain't going to preach against sin. If they ain't going to preach against sin, may I tell you, run from that rascal uh, and find somewhere that will. Amen. Amen. They began to uh, question the authority of God. They began to rationalize their attitudes. Look at verse number 5. Look, they're rationalizing. What are they saying? And said unto him, they told Samuel, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Be careful this morning when you begin to tire in consistency. When you begin to tire in consistency and over consistency, things become bad. Basically, they're saying the things of God are old. And we don't need those things anymore. May I say the things of God are old, but the things of God are good. I'm talking about purity is still good. Holiness is still good. Faithfulness is still good. The Bible is still good. The church is still good. Tithing is still good. I'm talking about things of old that we're blessed with that are still old and good and are not out of style. And if it's new and it violates God's word, It's no good today. Listen, when you come into the house of God at Turning Point, I want you to feel like you've been to the house of God. I want to look like a preacher. I want to act like a preacher. I want to do what God would have me to do. I want to dress like a preacher. I want to preach like a preacher. I want to preach like the anointing of God is upon me. This is what we need. Amen. It's not old-fashioned. It's not old. But they want to get rid of Samuel. They want to get rid of of God who's a, a leading Samuel as a prophet and they wanting an earthly king they're getting ready to make the worst mistake and one of the worst mistakes in their history of Israel but number two we not only forsake his ways but we fantasize over the world see when you get what you need listen when you get what you need you don't need nothing else let me give you an example You got a sweet, sweet, good-looking, no-dent-in-it-nowhere car sitting in the garage. Low mileage. You take good care of it. You've been there for every oil change. You've babied it up and down the road. You keep that thing cleaned up, waxed up, ready to go out to roll the top back. You know what you got. 
It is a smooth running machine. And when you're out driving that thing around, you roll by somebody's yard and you see a piece of junk sitting in the front yard. It's got 450,000 miles on it. The, 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 the frame is rusted out. The interior's all cut up. It's had several owners. It had not been taken care of. But yet they say, you're going to love this clunker of a car. Are you going to pay that car a second mind? No. Why? Because you got what you need. You got what you need in that vehicle that you're driving down the road that is garage camped. But this is what people start looking for after they get what they need in God and God gives them their need. They don't need Him anymore and they start looking toward things that are not real and they start looking to things that are not as just and not as great and not as gracious and they begin to desiring things of the flesh and they begin to fantasize over the world and begin to reach out for those things of the world. That's the problem with Christians today. They don't realize what we have. When you realize that you've been saved by the King of glory. When you realize He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. When you realize He'll answer your prayers and walk with you and talk with you and keep you safe on your journey. When you realize that God's going to take care of you and it's the greatest thing you've ever had. If you realize it, you won't turn back to this world. People don't realize what they have in God. Listen, I know, listen, we need to understand today. Listen, this is my goal. Don't, don't come as you are and leave as you were. I'm all for coming as you are. But I'm all for you leaving different than which you came. I'm all for you coming as you are. If you come with the best you've got. Amen. Oh, what do you mean, preacher? Hey, listen. Hey, listen, listen to me. Churches are growing fast in some places, but people are not. See, pews are packed with crowds, but people are packed with carnality. Amen. Hey, listen, when you, when you realize the love of God, and when you have the love of God in you, there's some things you just ain't going to do. I'm speaking of sins in this world. Hey, listen, when you realize the, the love of God, you ain't going to dope up on drugs. You ain't going to drink up on alcohol. You're not going to shack up out of wedlock. You're not going to do those things when you feel like, when you realize how God has loved you and cared for you and saved you and brought you through everything. What do you mean, preacher? You mean to tell me if we shacking up, you ain't welcome here? Yes, you're welcome here. I just pray that when you leave here, you're ready to get married. Amen. Oh, oh, but preacher, does, if I, I take a little bit of drink of the sauce, does that mean I can't come here? No, I want you to come here. But when you leave here, I want you to switch jugs. Amen. Oh, preacher, what do you mean? If I cuss, I can't come there? Yes, you come on, keep your mouth shut, get your right heart right with God, and then leave here a different person and don't cuss no more. Amen. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? This is what people are looking for. Hey, if you're listening to a preacher that don't preach against sin, you better run the other way. Come as you are, but leave different. Leave different in which you came. Allow God to help you. Allow God to take care of you. Amen. Hey, listen, I, I, they, I, I'm going to wait on that a little bit. Amen. I want to get it all out at one time and it just won't come out like that. Amen. <laughs> leave different. Be better when you leave than when you came in here. Amen. I heard an interview with Joel Osteen. I'm, I'm sorry I'm talking about your boyfriend today, but I got to go there. They asked him on a nationwide television show, what do you think about homosexuality and lesbianism? He says, I have no position on that. If you're a preacher of the gospel, how do you not have a position on it? I seen a little post the other day on social media. It had two pictures. It had one that looked like a nightclub, thousands of people, dark with a mirror ball and smoke blowing everywhere. And it says, this is what you can have when you don't preach the word. 
And then another picture beside it. It had a little old crowd with chairs pulled out. And there's about 15 people in about 40 chairs. He said, this is the crowd you'll have if you preach the word. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. They, listen, it's like Burger King. Get your choice of what you want this morning. But God help us to always preach the inerrant, infallible word of God under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. But number three, we forget his works. They forgot all that the Lord had done for them. You see, the Lord had done delivered them from their past back in Egypt. That place where they were. The power that they were under. And the pain that they were going through. They forgot all that God had done for them. He directed their prayers through His guidance and His guarding and, and His grace. He even decorated them uh, with His uh, provisions uh, through His blessings and His benefits uh, and His backing. And He dialed in onto their problems uh, when they were complaining uh, and not content as they were going through and were being freed from the bondage of Egypt, trying to make it into the promised land. When they were complaining and griping, uh, He didn't set them aside. Uh, my friends, may I say this to you with boldness. If God had dropped us when we were unworthy and when we were droppable, we would have all dropped and been going in the wrong direction today. But through His marvelous grace, uh, His marvelous mercy, and His marvelous love, uh, we were able to stand tall uh, and know without a shadow of a doubt uh, that God is our helper and He'll take care of us. Amen. Amen. You ever had people to, I got to go ahead and tell it. You ever had people to sing your praises and then all of a sudden they start hanging out with somebody different than they hate your guts? Hmm. I got to, David, you'll remember this. I've got a, a big blanket quilt that was made for me for Pastor Appreciation Day. Probably 15, 16 years ago. Y'all remember that? Y'all wrote, wrote nice things in it. There's squares all over that blanket. Some of y'all remember it. Some of y'all remember writing on that? Maybe one or two of you. Well, the thing was full on the front and the back. And I began to look at that thing. And all of, all, everybody said everything. The, I mean, they said the right words. We love you, preacher. God bless you. You're the best pastor we ever had. Oh, preacher, we love you. Keep on the firing line, man of God. All these good things is saying. And then I got to looking. And I was like, out of the blanket, after looking on the front of that quilt and the back of that quilt, they ain't but two or three that's still hanging around. Boy, they really did love me. <laughs> but I got to looking. And I began to dissect in that thing. And I said, okay, this one got mad because I didn't shake their hand. And they left. And I got looking at this one. I said, now these left because they was having a picnic on the back pew. Knowing we ought not be eating in the house of God. It was seriously, they were sitting on the floor in front of a pew with their biscuits and their drinks out, eating and drinking, having breakfast before service. I said, and they got mad because I kindly asked them not to drink and eat inside the sanctuary. I said, Dan, man, people need to grow up. And then, and then I looked at this name over here. I said, man, what happened to them? Oh, yeah. They was buying and selling inside the sanctuary, and I told them to kindly go outside the sanctuary because Jesus wasn't happy with that because he was turning over tables when he come there, and he was mad with people buying and selling stuff. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hello, y'all getting quiet on me this morning. Yeah. Hey, let's do it right or don't do it at all. Amen. Yeah. Hey, not that I'm being mean, not that I'm being ugly. I'm like, you know, and, I, and just several things. And, and then I got down to this one couple, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one that told a lie on me when I was eight hours away in Tampa, Florida, in a camp meeting. And they said that my car was parked somewhere else and all week long, and my car was in King's Tree. I was in the car with Waylon Owens down at Tampa, Florida the whole time. Got pictures, videos to prove it. Amen, that I was where I said I was. Yeah. 
I came back. They got mad at me because I told them that they couldn't serve anymore because they'd done crooked business dealings. And you need to keep up with what you're doing. Listen, let me tell you something. Can I, can I just be bold with you just a minute? If we're going to be a Christian, let's be a Christian. Amen. Let's be a Christian. Whether it be our business dealings or whether it be our personal life or what happens behind closed doors. If we're going to be saved, let's be saved. How many of you have ever sat around and told your kids, now you need to leave that little boy alone. Oh, but daddy, he come to church. You need to leave that boy alone. Just go up to him and say, hey, how you doing today? How you doing? Good, good to see you. Bye. And, and, and don't you tell him I said so. How many of you told your son, don't you mess with that little girl? Well, what's wrong with your preacher telling you not to dab in sin? Amen. Because when we begin dabbing, we begin to say, God's not enough to fill my desires. God's not enough to bless me. Hey, listen, God's done a lot for me, but it's not enough. I'm going to start searching for other things. May I say to you, God is enough. He's enough to meet your physical needs. He's enough to meet all of your needs. Whether it be physical, whether it be spiritual, whether it be monetarily, God is able to meet your needs. Amen. When you get where God needs you at, and if you're there today, don't forget your journey and where God has brought you. Brought you from. Amen. Let me give you an example. I asked Taylor the other day. I hope I can say this. I said, what you want to do when you grow up? That's what I said. What you want to do when you grow up? She says, I want to be an actress. I said, well, that's wonderful. She's already been in one movie. I said, that's, that's great. I said, don't forget about us little people. In other words, you know what I was saying? Taylor, don't forget about the God that brought you this far. Don't forget about God and how He's blessed you and brought you to where you are today. Why? Because the very God that gave you the desires of your heart can all of a sudden take His hand off of you. And when He removes His hand from you, you begin to be in trouble. Never let us forget where God brought us from. I can never forget where God brought me from. But I cannot... Get it off of my mind or where I'm headed to. Amen. I know today without a shadow of a doubt that the God that we serve is a prayer answering God. It is a God that will help us on our journey. Amen. Listen, when you arrive to that elitist status in your life, don't forget where you come from. But number four, when God's not enough, you'll forfeit His will. God went ahead and told them in verse number 11, I think it is. Give them what they want, Samuel. But they'll wish they hadn't. Look at verse number 11. Let me read it to you. And he said, this will be the manner of the king. They shall reign over them. He'll take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. See, you'll be in an unpleasant position. You'll lose your security. You'll have a lack of sufficiency. You'll lose what you needed. And you'll pay an unthinkable price. Your prosperity, your your posterity rather. In other words, your children will be working for the king. Your property will be taken away from you and given to the king. Your possessions, everything that you have, your heirlooms that were going to be laid down to your children when you leave here and leave this world are going to all belong to the regal kingdom. But the most detrimental thing of it all is your prayers will not be answered. Look at verse number 18. I'm going to prove it to you. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king... Which ye shall have chosen you. And the Lord will not hear you. In that day. You want a king? Can you see where Samuel's coming from? You want a king? 
Your sons are going to be his servants. Your stuff's going to be his stuff. And the most detrimental of it all, God is going to decline your prayer. It's bad when someone ignores your call, but it's catastrophic when God does. You ever been sitting across a crowded room and you're trying to call somebody and you see them pick up the phone and you know they pushed that decline button and put it back in their pocket? Makes you want to bust them in the nose. <laughs> you're trying to get, I mean seriously, you're trying to get in touch with them. They're sitting way back there. Decline. Decline. These smartphones are too smart. When you text somebody, it goes to them and it'll even tell you if it's read or not. Don't you love them people that'll text you and they'll text you like five times. Hey, how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good today. How's the family? Oh, the family's doing great. Oh, well, I've been missing you. I've been missing you too. We sure do love you. We've been praying for y'all. We've been praying for y'all too. And then all of a sudden that next message comes through and it says, you know, we've been having a real tough time. Can you loan me $300? All of a sudden, they look at their phone. It says it's been read. So they put question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Send it on. No response. And then, hey, good to see you. Did, did you not get my last text? No, what'd you need? I, I, I didn't get that. These crazy phones. <laughs> you'll never have to have to have that conversation with God. If you'll let him be king. Let him be king. You see, there are times in our life when we come down to a point of an an unmovable perspective. Look at verse number 19, and I'm going to try to wind this down right here. After all of this that has been happening, the king has done took over their fields. The king has done took over their children. The king has taken over all the office. They are under a, 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 a monarchy of some sort. They are under a government that is set up by the earthly king. But look at verse number 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. Samuel told them by God which the problems you're going to have. God had told Samuel, tell them what's coming. Tell them that I'm not going to answer their prayer. Tell them that I'm all that they'll ever need. Why do you want an earthly king? And they still looked at Samuel and said, doesn't matter what you say, Samuel. We're tired of this. You're too old. We want an earthly king. May I say this today, that was stubbornness and selfishness upon the people of Israel. And I'm afraid of what's happening in the churches today. It's the same thing that's happening, that happened in the days of Samuel. People will get saved. They'll give their heart and life to God. But all of a sudden, when everything begins to run smoothly, they begin to treat God like a butler that's off in the sky somewhere, like a big father figure with a big beard. And and when they get in trouble, they call upon Him. But may I say, God wants to hear from you not only when you're in your trouble. He wants to hear from you when you're on top of the mountain. He wants to hear you when you're on your way up. And He wants to talk to you when you're on your way down. Don't forget where God's brought you from. Don't forget what God's delivered you from. I'm thankful today to be a child of the living King. I don't have to be a child of Buddha. Buddha's dead and can't do anything. I'm not going to be a child of Muhammad. I'm not going to be a child of Confucius. I want to be a child and I am a child of the King. And I want Him to take my life. Direct my life and what He would have me to be. 
do what God would want me to do. And he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be thanked. Because he is the only God that's alive and well. He's the only God that'll speak to you. He's the only God that can answer your prayer. He's the only God that there is, ever was, and ever will be. I don't know what your need is today. But may I say this in all confidence. He is worthy to be prayed to and pray in confidence. Maybe the enemy, the devil of this world has begun to pull you down to a place that you think you need something else beside Almighty God. May I say you'll never need anything but God. He'll take care of you, give you the desires of your heart that's in God's perfect will and help you on life's journey. Many of you may be making decisions in the future about what college to go to, what I'm going to be when I grow up. Do something for God today. Allow God to minister unto you and allow God to take your problems, your situations and take them and make them something profitable for the kingdom of God. You stand across this building. As Josh comes gets us a song of invitation. God help us today to never say that God is not enough. God is enough. He is enough. As these are already praying. I want you to just bow your head. Close your eyes for a moment. I want you to be honest with this preacher. Be honest with yourself. Preacher, if I was to die today, I'm going to heaven. I am going to heaven if I was to die today. Lift your hand up. I'm going to heaven if I die today, preacher. I know I'm going to heaven. I know without a doubt I'm going to heaven. Hands all over the building. Thank you. Thank you much. Could you be honest and say, preacher, you spoke to my heart today through the word of the Lord. And I've been living a life thinking that God's not enough. And I've been looking in the wrong places for what I need. Just slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you. Thank you, buddy. Put it down. It's okay. Anyone else? Would you say this? Because this will just give me some reassurance because there were some hands that could not be raised. Some of you come to church three times a week. I want you to be sure in your heart that you're going to heaven. But you can't go to heaven unless you repent. And ask Jesus into your heart. Ask Him to forgive you. Would you just affirm that today? Raise your hand say, Preacher, I'm not going to heaven. But would you just please pray for me? Just pray for me that I do the right thing. Thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Preacher, I'm not saved, but I, I desire your prayers. I'm going to say this prayer. If you lifted your hand, you've got that need. Would you come to an altar of prayer and pray? Christians, you pray. Those that are on the altar, you keep praying. Don't move. You keep praying. For the one that raised your hand, I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I would not do that. I would not. But I do want to help you and I'm going to pray for you. Please consider why God is touching your heart. To step right out where you're at and come down to an altar of prayer. I'll be glad to meet you. I'll be glad to pray with you. I'll be glad to give you scripture to let you know that you can be saved. Hell doesn't have to be your home. We're not promised tomorrow. But God can help you today. I hope you get the courage to come. And I promise you people will love you. God's people will put their arms around you. Somebody will be right there with you. They're not going to look at you funny. They're not going to laugh at you. They're not going to mock at you. They're going to love you. Father in heaven, God in Jesus' name.
Lord, as these are still praying on altar prayer, and every Christian still have their eye closed, their head bowed, I pray for that one that lifted his hand. Lord, I pray you'd help him come. Help him to know that Jesus is the only thing that he'll ever need. The only one he'll ever need. Take an old life and make it new. Forgive you of your sins. Cast you as far as the east is to the west. Lord Jesus, I pray that you give them courage to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. In the dark of the midnight Have I oft hid my face While the storms howl above me And there's no hiding place Amid the crash of the thunder Precious Lord, hear my cry And keep me safe Till the storm passes by Till the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more Till the clouds roll forever From the sky Hold me fast, let me stand In the hollow of thy hand And keep me safe Till the storm passes by Now many times Satan whispers There is no need to try For there's no end to your sorrow There's no hope in the by and by But I know that God is with me And tomorrow I'll rise Where the storms never darken the skies Till the storm passes over Till the thunder sounds no more Till the cloud rolls forever God still forgives He still forgives sin He still writes names in the Lamb's book of life Angels are rejoicing <laughs> Sing that last verse again Now when the long Listen. night has ended <laughs> and those storms they come no more. Listen. Let me dwell in thy presence on that bright and peaceful shore. <laughs> there in the land where the tempest <laughs> Sing it. never comes. Lord, may I Sing it. dwell with thee. <laughs> yeah! Take that, till devil! The storm <laughs> passes over Till the thunder sounds no more Sing it, church! Till the clouds roll forever From the sky Hold me fast, let me stand In the hollow of thy hand Till the storm passes by. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Every time you see that young man coming to this church, I want you to encourage him. Let him know you're praying for him. Amen. Amen. 
we'll try our best to disciple him, lead him, guide him. We all need to be a mentor to him. Help him. It'll help him. All I wanted when I got saved was somebody to love me. And somebody to help me. And there's one or two that just take me under the wings and just say, come on, help me carry this offering plate. <laughs> come over here and help me pray. Amen. Boy, you don't know how good that done me. Amen. God's still God. Yeah. God is all that you'll ever need. Yeah. Look, I know it's late, but it don't even seem late, does it? Amen. Amen. Let me encourage you to come back tonight. I hopefully we can get this video transferred from one of the phones over to the system. Josh is working on all that. It's done, he said. Praise God. I'm glad he's here, because if he ain't here, I can't do none of this stuff. Mm, anyway, he's, get, he's got a lot of brain up there. <laughs> I can hear him now. He's saying my head's big. I just said he's got a lot of brain up there. I didn't say, he, see, he went assuming that I was talking about his big head. But <laughs> we love him, amen. Praise God. We love you. We thank you for being here. Be back tonight, 6 o'clock. We'll have the video. It's funny for what they've done in camp. It's only about five or six minutes. We'll, we'll kick out a song or two, whatever we got to do. And uh, we're going to give you the word again tonight. Thank God for what he's done today. Amen. Make our visitors feel welcome as you leave. Tell everybody you love one another. Amen. What if I don't love them? Well, you out of God's will. Tell them anyway. Amen. We're commanded by God to love. Amen. God bless you. Brother Brian. Choir. 4.30. Ladies auxiliary. Is it ladies auxiliary today? Okay, my bad. No choir practice. No choir practice. I'll send y'all a text. Uh... Ladies Auxiliary will meet at 4.30. Brother Brian, dismiss us in prayer, pal.